Use the force, dude. Live long and prosper. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is, is a, a play on nerds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 165 of A Play on Nerds. I'm Jarman. Man, I got a frog in my throat right as I went to talk. And I'm Steve. Oh, I'm leaving that in. Um, and this week... That was great. I literally went to make the word. It just went... I heard it in live time. It was amazing. Um, yeah, oh, Steve, so we're going to talk about some stuff. He survived uh, in honor of uh, Ant-Man Quantumania coming out and all that timey-wimey, <laughs> time-traveling, multiversal stuff going on. The logical conclusion is that we're, of course, going to talk about... In the true rule of three fashion, the wonderful, possibly one of the finest time travel films ever made. Of course, Terminator Three. Say it with us, folks. Terminator Three: Rise Against the Machines. Rise of the Machines. Oh, Rise of the Machines. Right? Rise of the Machines. Yes, yeah, not against, but of. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, they aren't raging against the machine yet. <laughs> not yet. They will be. It's destiny. It's fate. Soon. If you will, it's their Future dark installments. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime steve what have you been up to oh man well we've just been preparing for our disney trip nice. uh getting things cleaned that we want cleaned and uh i bought a pair of air tags for the kids oh that's great and just to put on your children air tag clip things <laughs> yeah so we're gonna cl- secretly clip them to the children while we're there that's so funny uh and they're really cool and waste I, it's really funny for me to like be an Apple employee and talk about Apple products that I've like literally never touched and be able to be like, they're really neat guys. <laughs> I think they're really cool. Well, yeah, I just saw a thing with some um, guy who got his bag stolen from the airport and, but he had an air tag in it. So he was able to track them down with the police to their house. It's pretty great. And now mind you, I know there's been some stuff where I think we're being, we're maybe under litigation for some women who were stocked using them, but I'm happy to say that like we immediately responded and we put in software features that allow you to like identify where an when an air tag is following you and that kind of stuff. Oh, gotcha. That's good. Um, and to the point of almost annoyance, where uh, it my phone is like, "Hey, these AirPods have been following you for like a day," and I'm like, "Yeah, they're my wife's. Thank you." <laughs> hey, your wife is following you. <laughs> your wife is stalking you, dude. <laughs> thought you should know uh, <laughs> so i got air takes for the kids and then tomorrow uh anna's mom is coming down uh i'm gonna get off work probably around i hope around 4 30 i hope and we are gonna go and get some hot pot and have a belated valentine's date nice and then we're going with some people from work to go see ant-man and the wasp quantumania hooray yeah as we're on the opening this. weekend slash 6 30 p.m on a thursday yeah, because usually Steve and I record this on a Thursday night, but we're recording on a Wednesday night. But this episode will come out on Friday, the technical day that it comes out. But really, everything comes out on Tuesday or Thursday now or midnight on Wednesday in some cases. Um, so you're seeing it like right out the gate, which is great. Oh, yeah, like super early. Very, very excited. Uh, it's getting mixed reviews already, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's I'm just happy movie. to have a date night. 
<laughs> too. On a Thursday. I'm hopefully seeing it the next night on Friday night. So it'll be crazy impact, but I don't have another choice. It's the one day we can fit it in. So we're going to do it. We usually see. It makes sense. You, and, you do, do it when you can. Yeah. And plus every Marvel movie and big movie that comes out gets spoiled for me so quickly because the, the YouTube company I work for, they'll send me jobs that'll have like the top 10 saddest things that we just saw in Quantumania. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I didn't see it yet. So like <laughs> I have to see it quickly. Otherwise, everything will be spoiled for me. That's <laughs> part of the job. Shit. I haven't seen Quantumania. <laughs> this guy's going to get it all before he wanted it. You piece of trash. Well, that sounds exciting. That's fun. What do you got? Uh, well, I had the uh, the Super Bowl thing. We don't. I'm not a huge sports person, and Jolie only really is if it's one of her teams that she's interested in. So we had her friend Pam come over, and we just kind of watched it for the commercials, which are, were fun, and the trailers that they dropped during the Super Bowl. Although Steve and I tend to watch trailers, bef- you know, before and after they come out of the Super Bowl, we've already seen that stuff. Um, but yeah, that was kind of fun. Chips and dip, you know, some wings. And uh, then did some little Valentine's Day thing instead of going out because we're doing a lot of things this month. It's my birthday month and with the wedding coming up. So we didn't do some expensive dinner. Uh, we just had leftover wings from Super Bowl and watched back to back rom-coms and it cuddled on the couch in our bathrobes. And it was just really comfy with the cats. And it was like a wonderful Valentine's Day because we made sure we had no other responsibilities and just sat in our bathrobes watching rom-coms, drinking, drinking wine. It was pretty nice. <laughs> nice. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah, I mean, that's fancy. It's fancy. Were you wearing fuzzy slippers at the time? Oh, I don't have any fuzzy slippers. That's too bad. Oh, wow. I just have those. Um, that would have completed it. What's that That popular sock brand they sell on podcasts all the time? I don't. <laughs> tube socks? It's I like starts with a B. It's like Boingo or Badangi. I don't know. Bo- Boingo Boingo? <laughs> Boingo Boingo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, but this popular sock brand, they also make little Nailed slippers, it. and I have a pair of those, and I wear them but sometimes. But they're too oh, hot. Okay, well, that's low. That's nice. They're too hot, though. Everything makes my feet sweat. I don't like it. But anyways, I think it's time for some nerd news. It's time for Nerdy News. All right, this week for my cheeky name for my cheeky story and i'm pretty sure i've called another nerdy news story this at some point in the past so just pretend you don't didn't hear it before fuck to death <laughs> wonderful <laughs> That's the name of my nerdy news story well the university of sunshine coast in australia they've been studying the northern quoll which is a cat-sized marsupial related mildly to the kangaroo and they've been looking at the males specifically because the males specifically are becoming endangered Scientists started to study out why specifically the males are having such a hard time and are so hard to come by. What they found is that male quolls only live for one year and basically only breed once versus females who can live and breed for up to four years. Hmm. Well, it turns out that male quolls are skipping sleeping in favor of searching further and faster for more females to mate with. So not only... Do they like lose excessive amounts of weight, but they also stop grooming themselves and they take on more parasites, all of which may be contributing to their early death. That's just like humans. Not only that, (laughs) but their lack of sleep is like clouding their judgment and they're finding that they're acting more recklessly in their travels and therefore in turn are more prone for being picked off by predators. (laughs) 
So these things are so concentrated on bone and hard that they are shortening their lifespans. Just think about it, though. What a microcosm of humanity where these douchebags who are out there only focusing on getting laid constantly. They do drugs. They stay out late. They're constantly clubbing. They're in chlamydia, diseases that make their life shorter. They're covered in parasites. Covered in parasites, (laughs) not showering enough, just putting cologne on and getting hit by cars. I mean, it's just like the quolls, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh. So, yeah, we got to watch out for the coal. Stay strong out there, guys. Drink a Red Bull. Get back to it. <laughs> and that's been fucked to death. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us to our main segment, talking about the wonderful time travel classic uh, studied in film school, uh, Terminator 3, <laughs> Rise of the Machines. Not very good film school. No. But film school. In this Terminator entry, uh, well, John Connor and his mom successfully prevented Judgment Day, or at least a Judgment Day. Oh. But it's led him sort of on an uneventful life. He's been forced to live off the grid for the fear that the machines will again send a robot from the future to kill them, kill him. He's a drifter. Uh, he's on his motorcycle. He kind of has a death wish. He injures himself, and uh, he has to break into a veterinary clinic to steal some drugs. Somewhere nearby, and a bad female Terminator arrives. She steals a car, connects to the internet, and starts finding and killing off future resistant leaders who are all right now like kids and teenagers. We then meet uh, Catherine Brewster, Kate, a veterinarian's assistant whose father works in the top secret military affairs. And oh no, he's getting ready to launch Skynet. Catherine Brewster. <laughs> Another Terminator arrives. It's Arnold, the good Terminator, and he's there to save John and Catherine. He heads to a biker bar. This is honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie. What he thinks is a biker bar, reminiscent of the first film, to steal clothes, but it's actually a male strip club. (laughs) He goes in and steals clothes from like a leather daddy stripper. (laughs) I thought that was so. That was great. John's in the clinic. He takes, I think, some barbiturates, if I remember correctly. Uh, And Kate finds him, tries to call the cop. She gets his gun and puts him in a cage. Uh, But then she recognizes him. They went to school together back in the day before he fell off the grid. What a dark fate. Suddenly the bat there. She closes in on John and and Kate. She goes by Kate, but then everyone calls her Catherine throughout the movie. Um, When suddenly good Terminator is there to save them. He throws both of them into a veterinary truck. Uh, and tells them to go while he fights off bad Terminator. This leads to a harrowing chase scene involving multiple vehicles and a huge crane truck, uh, and they manage to escape. They head to the desert where they seemingly go to Sarah Connor, uh, John's mother's grave, but they don't find her body. Instead, it's just just filled with guns, (laughs) which were apparently there in case of this exact event. Meanwhile, Bad Terminator is hot on their trail after killing and impersonating Kate's fiance. She catches up with them at the graveyard where Kate has made a run for it. Luckily, Good Terminator bails her out yet again, and they escape again. Good Terminator then explains that Skynet is going to come online later that day, and Judgment Day is coming soon, soon after. 
They head to the military facility where Kate's dad works, where a computer virus has caused the military to go into like high alert and bring Skynet online early. But it later turns out that that was actually Skynet that made the virus forcing them to bring Skynet on early. Yeah, it's crazy. Try to stop it. But Skynet is activated. Uh, they end up fighting a giant like tank robot thing while drones kill everyone in the building. Bad Terminator shows up to complicate things. Kate's father is mortally wounded, but he tells her about a secret bu- bunker that's like Skynet's core where they can go and this could all be stopped. So John and Kate and good Terminator head to a local airfield to catch a plane to the bunker with bad Terminator hot on their heels. Bad Terminator fights good Terminator and ends up using like a techno power, I guess, to reprogram him to kill John Connor. He's about to kill John, but then John appeals to his emotions. Like you can fight your program. It's weird. And good Terminator, rather than kills him, chooses to shut himself down. Uh, John and Kate hop in the plane to the bunker with bad Terminator in pursuit once again, but this time in a helicopter. It gets there soon after them, but right before it's going to finish them off, good Terminator arrives and crashes another helicopter into bad Terminator. A bigger one. Bad Terminator is like missing its legs and is crawling and dragging itself towards them. Good Terminator holds open this huge blast door just long enough for John and Kate to get inside, then uses its battery cell, which was a bullet loaded earlier in the film, to blow both him and Bad Terminator up. They get inside, but they don't find what they expect. It turns out the bunker isn't Skynet's core, but it's a government survival shelter where John and Kate are now locked inside as doomsday is happening around the globe. Soon after, they start getting radio signals from other survival groups asking what's going on, and John kind of steps up to his destiny as the future leader of the the human resistance. Yep, that was it. Roll credits. That was beautiful. So, Jarvin, I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. It's been a Have while you seen for me. it recently? Uh, yeah, it's been a long time for me too, but I think I had seen this one a fair amount back in the day. Um like I it's def two Terminator 2 was so good and is one of the quintessential like best sequels of all time that nothing could have possibly met up to it. Right. It's just not possible for anything to have met up to it. And I think this movie knew that and not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> I, I it was kind of self-aware. Yeah. It was like a shadow references of to the old movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of felt like, like force awakens where they were trying to echo all these things that had already happened instead of breaking out and doing their own thing. They echoed all the same bullet points in their own way. And, and what I will say is I, I don't think it deserves all the crap it, its reputation gives it. Um, I don't think this is a trash movie. I think it was a lot of fun. Great action sequences. Definitely just didn't have that oomph. That's something extra that two had that like every moment was kind of crafted so well um, by a masterful director, James Cameron, where this one's like some kind of half-assed guy who did like, I don't know, some <laughs> U-boat movie or something. Yeah, I forgot what he did. Like, 
uh, surrogates. I think he did also. Not nothing really that great. <laughs> nice, um, nice. But you're right. Like I kept. We've it, also reviewed that movie on this show. I think. I think we did. Uh, but yeah, he, he picked the like you said the key moments of from one and two that were kind of harkening back, almost like he was thinking this is like the yeah, last like, of the series kind of thing. The big chase scene with the truck was like very reminiscent of the Arnold and him as a kid on the motorcycle being chased by the semi. And just lasted a little too long. <laughs> like it was Yes. That chase scene lasted a little too long. I can totally agree with that. That was a big thing. Um I, like, I liked the idea that the Terminator that they sent back was like the next iteration. So like the first one was all metal, the second one was all liquid. And this one is metal and liquid. And I saw I was like, OK, yeah. <laughs> at least that's like a cool concept that the machines are upgrading. And apparently I missed the line, but I looked more stuff about this and he was also a slight upgrade. He's a he's sort of the T-800. He's a T-850, which is apparently just a little stronger, a little. That's why he's really heavy. He's like and he's also just like so he's a little bit better. That's why he can stand up to her a little bit, because otherwise he would have been massacred. Anyways, it was like one line of throwaway dialogue that I had missed, apparently. Um, but like even as they make reference to the old movies, at one point, John Connor's like, you were here before you know me. Also, the Vista, baby, man, I'm going to have to teach you all that stuff again. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. A little unnecessary. It's like he would um, know that one was obliterated in of like in smelting lava. Like he's gone. Why do you think it's the same one? <laughs> Um, I did like the, the kind of the twist ending, um, because I honestly didn't see it coming. I had forgotten about because that. in the last two movies, there's been like that MacGuffin that lets them postpone judgment day. Mm -hmm. And so assuming that this was going to echo that you assume that it was Skynet's core or whatever, but to reveal that really their fate was to get locked and saved in this place. Yeah, I really like that turn because it also like that shows that was their fate was like, OK, that Kate's dad was like he knew he couldn't do anything at that point, but he knew that she wouldn't listen to him otherwise. So she's like, yeah, the, the core is there. Just, just go there now. And then it's to save his daughter. Go and stop this. Yeah. So, like, I think that was a good um, turn. And then I also like that that John and Kate didn't really connect romantically a little bit. But there's this this sort of tension over them that they're supposed to be together. Like they're the. The mother and father of the resistance, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and and it leads this lingering question of like, well, how would they f possibly fall for each other? And the answer is, well, they get locked in a bunker together for like 15 years. Yes. Yeah. They didn't force it too fast. That's how. Which a lot of movies do. <laughs> yeah. And it would have felt really awkward. And she, like her, her fiance just died. So it's like, I think you're right. Like they give right. it so a more realistic way of it's going to grow over time as opposed to shoehorning it in that's right a, they don't good. end like making out as things explode around them like they're still kind of incredulous about one another right i like that that's true and just, um, and know, arnold i think did fine yeah they let him be a he little more okay. goofy he had more moments of dialogue to have and i think the female terminator did a great job she was very intimidating and serious and um sexy and all that stuff put together so and like a good slew of powers mm -hmm. i said like the the different arm cannon things i'll put her arm turns into a flamethrower she can take over technology you know i thought that was all yeah cool and made it feel escalated and elevated and that's what they said in the second movie is that they couldn't bring mechanical things with them 
but she's an upgrade, so she has like an in a weapon inside of her, you know, skin. So that how they got around that. And it's like that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, and of course, it, it, since then the internet had become a huge thing since the first and second movie. So they're like they're integrating that and putting in the. Whole, I think it was, it's just a well crafted movie. It's just it's not there's nothing wonderful about it, but it's like it was fun, entertaining. I I didn't feel a lot of slow points except for that car chase going on a little too long. Um. But yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I think it doesn't shouldn't get all the shit it gets. Probably Salvation's worse, or Genesis. Yeah, I could probably agree with that. I don't know those even those movies had some ups in that they did try. No, mind you, not so much. Uh, was it Genesis? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Salvation certainly tried to depart from what we already knew. Didn't try to revisit really, yeah. which I appreciated. Um, but. What's the other one? There's another new one. Dark Fate is the newest one. Not Salvation, one. not just Dark Fate. Dark Fate, I think, was the biggest departure and sort of payoff of the story. I haven't seen Dark Fate so I did yet, enjoy so Dark Fate don't more than Genesis. <laughs> There's robots from the future. <laughs> and apparently Dark Fate was supposed to take place right after two. So it's go one, two, you skip the other ones, and then Dark Fate happens. So that was what James Cameron said anyways. Ignore the other ones. Pretty much like the Halloween movie. This one's got Linda Hamilton. Come look at this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't think it's as bad as people give it a rap for, and it was fun. But, I mean, obviously nothing that great either. It's one and two. I forgot how I went and rewatched one and two before this, and I forgot how much of a just standard slasher horror film the first <laughs> one is. It's just he's a, he's a slasher guy chasing down tr- targets and killing them brutally. Like, it's it's like more creepy than it is an action movie, you know? Yeah, it's much more uh, formulaic. That being said, if you look at the time frame it came out in, it came out in like the slasher era. He was basically a so future was like a robot very... Jason, kind of. Right, which then happened in Jason X, I think, the one where Jason goes to space. <laughs> I think so. so. <laughs> yeah, so that's... Uh... Yeah. That's our little review of that. Um, I got some trivia. Got some, some cool stuff trivia. Absolutely. Uh, the studios had long wanted to make a sequel to the previous Terminator films, but for a long time, Arnold Schwarzenegger refused to do it unless James Cameron was directing. Cameron, Cameron eventually told his friend to just do it and ask for a shitload of money, end quote, reasoning that the character was as much Schwarzenegger's as it was his. Schwarzenegger confirmed this in a talk show interview, saying that when he asked Cameron... Uh, Cameron told him to take the money and run. <laughs> and we'll hear how much he made in this later. <laughs> Edward Furlong was in the second movie as John Connor, was supposed to reprise his role as John Connor. However, in December 2001, it was reported that he had been dropped from the film, allegedly due to a substance abuse problem. He was replaced by Nick Stahl shortly before filming began in April 2002. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger... Yeah, he's one of those actors that like became uninsurable for a little while. Yeah, he, he went in and out of rehab and stuff for a long time, poor guy. Um, Schwarzenegger worked out for six months, about three hours a day before shooting started, by which time he said he had the exact same body weight and muscle measurements as he had 12 years previously while shooting Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is pretty crazy at 54 years old. Dude, I can believe it. That one scene where he has his shirt off, like, I can believe it. It was massive. Um, Schwarzenegger's fee for reprising his role was $29.25 million, which was a record at the time. His contract with 33 pages long and written by a Hollywood super lawyer, Jacob Bloom, 
And it was written into the contract as a pay-or-play fee, meaning he would get paid whether or not the movie ended up being made. His perk package included a lump sum of $1.5 million for private jets, a fully equipped gym trailer, three-bedroom deluxe suites on location, round-the-clock limousines, and personal bodyguards. He also insisted on and got 20% of gross receipts made by the venture from every market in the world, including movie theaters, videos, DVDs, television licensing, in-flight entertainment, game licensing, and so forth, once the movie had reached its cash break-even point. So not only the the $29.25 million, but a 20% stake after they made back their money. Um, It goes on to say, though, that the studios are very good at making it on paper that they never break even. so They never have to pay out um, those fees afterwards. Mm. Sometimes they get around that. Um, But he even got to have his choosing a pre-approval on cast, uh, the director, his hairdresser, makeup person, everything. He got pre-approval on all of that. So he was like his baby. So he was basically an executive producer, but didn't have to be an executive producer. Exactly. So the like, yeah, that's wow. okay. You can do that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, the budget of the film had raised to $187 million at the end point after paying him too. So making it the most expensive independently produced movie in history. So crazy. <laughs> they spent $2 million just on his contract negotiations. Anyways, um, Kristana Loken, who is the model um, actress who played the TX, I think it's called, um, the, the main bad Terminator. She put on about 15 pounds of muscle to fit for her role of TX. And she also took a mind class to prepare for her part because her character had so few lines. She had to learn to communicate through facial expressions and body gestures. So good for her. Uh, Linda, ha- Linda mm. Hamilton was first approached to reprise her role as Sarah Connor, um, but she turned it down in a 2009 interview with MTV. Hamilton revealed that she found the part too insignificant since her character died halfway through the screenplay. And there was no time to mourn her, which makes sense. Uh, TX, the bad Terminator, was originally written to be a male character. And guess who was going to be cast as that? Possibly their first choice was Vin Diesel. <laughs> so he was going to be the male Terminator. Okay, I could, I could see that. Especially back in 2003. When did this come out? Terminator 3, 2003. So where was Vin Diesel in his career then? Doing Vin that X Diesel. movie, I think. I don't know if he had done Fast and Furious yet. He might have done Pitch Black already. Um, Pitch Black would make sense. Let's see, 2003. <laughs> 2003. He had just done. He had just done Triple X, Triple and I X. think at that point he would have been signed up for Chronicles of Riddick. So he was in like really good shape back then. Young. Um, I don't know how tall he is though. Compared to Arnold, he might not be tall enough. Um, but the backup choices include Kane Hodder who also played Jason, actually, later on. And then he was the guy, the huge guy who played Jason. Um, Andrew Biernarski, I don't know who that is. Shaquille O'Neal was up for it. And Dwayne Johnson, a young Dwayne Johnson. Uh, the role was even considered for the rapper 50 Cent in what would have been his breakout performance. But it was later when they decided to write the role for a female actor. And that was then considered with Famke Jansen. Very tall, six foot one. I think she's very tall, a woman actress in a lot of things, including Star Trek. Jennifer Lopez and former WWF wrestler China were all considered. Okay. China's name uh, came into the mix when she was recommended for the part by Arnold Schwarzenegger during an interview prior to filming. But, however, in the end, it was Schwarzenegger himself who later got to pick Kristana Loken for the part of TX, an unknown basically at the time. 
Uh, Schwarzenegger's mm. last starring role, but not his last acting role, before being elected for governor of California on October 7th, 2003, shortly after this movie uh, was around. Uh, an early draft had a completely different storyline of the film in which John Connor is a successful computer programmer who ends up being instrumental in the activation of Skynet. And Sarah Connor is also featured in that film version. The evil Terminator is a shapeshifter, but also can take on a, a gaseous energy form. But that was all scrapped. Uh, rumor has it that James Cameron was so upset by the direction the film took in the franchise, he nearly cried. Uh, it is also said Arnold Schwarzenegger was equally upset and apologized to Cameron, who accepted it. Which I don't understand that, because it's fine. They apparently so much money, though. <laughs> with good direction. My bank account with good Literally direction. Literally a truckload of money. So much money. Give me my, my hairdresser. I want final say my hairdresser. I couldn't even lift it with my muscles. <laughs> it was so much money. My bank account is huge. Okay. Uh, and for the role of TX, they also, Gwyneth Paltrow, Carrie Ann Moss, and Jerry Ryan were also considered. And Jerry Ryan went on to play another kind of cyborg with uh, the Borg character, Seven of Nine, on Star Trek Voyager. So, yeah, there you go. And that's a trivia. Very cool. <laughs> Well, does that take us to some sort of bit? That's right. It's Ooh. called Steve and Jarman Love Their Robot Overlords. So <laughs> do love them. I want to oil them up. Indeed. All right. So in honor of uh, watching a whole movie about artificial intelligence taking over the world, Steve and I are going to go on a little adventure here. And uh, Steve, you get to be uh -huh. in the hot seat and you get to interview our future AI overlords. In the form of the wonderful oh. chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, man, I've, I've played around with this a little bit. So we're basically in a podcast interview here. I've already asked ChatPT <laughs> if it would mind if we interviewed it on our, our podcast. So if you're not familiar, listeners, ChatGPT is a creation of OpenAI, which was partially started by Elon Musk, but thankfully he dropped out of it. He's no longer a part of OpenAI. And now I believe they've been bought by Alphabet, uh, the Google parent company. Uh, but it's incredible in what they can do. But we're going to do something stupid with it and just ask it questions in regards to whatever we want. So, Steve, what do you want to ask our robot overlords first? Because it knows it's on a podcast already. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, chat GPT. Can I call you chat GPT? Can I call you chat GPT? It says absolutely. ChatGPT is one of the names I go by, so feel free to call me that. Do you have a Do you have a nickname you prefer? <laughs> uh, it says, "Is there a specific topic you'd like to discuss in the podcast?" And I'll ask, "Do you have a nickname you prefer?" Question mark. As an AI language model, I don't have personal preferences or emotions, but you can refer to me as ChatGPT or simply GPT if you like. Well, that's a nickname. There we go. <laughs> All right, GPT. Uh, well, I guess, what did you think of Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? <laughs> what did you think of Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? Question mark. Hmm. As an artificial intelligence language model, I don't have personal preferences or opinions. However, I can tell you that Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines is a science fiction movie that was released in 2003. It is a, the third installment of the Terminator film series and features Arnold Schwarzenegger reprising his role as digital character. It's now just telling a quick synopsis of what it is. 
Oh, but it received mixed reviews well, from good. critics and audiences. Thanks for clarifying that. And so, with some praising of the action sequences and special effects, while others criticized the plot and lack of originality compared to the earlier Terminator films. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty much what we did. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't have opinions. That's what I'm trying to figure out what I can ask it that isn't an opinion-based question. Oh, hold on. There's a way of getting around that. What was the highest grossing Terminator film? What was the highest grossing Terminator film? Question mark. Hmm. Of all the Terminator films, the highest grossing one is Terminator 2 Judgment Day, released in 1991, which grossed over $520 million worldwide. And then now it's telling a short synopsis of what that movie is. <laughs> and it's critical of reception. Don't worry. I've seen it, GPT. Don't worry. I've seen it, GPT. What is the lowest grossing of all That's the good Terminator to know. films? Terminator 2 Judgment Day is widely considered a classic in the sci-fi action genre. And it's great that you had a chance to watch it. Is there anything else you'd like to know about the movie or the Terminator franchise? Well, yeah, what's the lowest grossing? What was the lowest grossing? The lowest grossing movie in the Terminator franchise is Terminator Salvation, which released in 2009. The movie which stars Christian Bale and Sam Worthington and takes place blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Man, what happened to Sam Worthington, huh? What happened to Sam Worthington? Huh? Question mark. Sam Worthington, who played the lead role in Terminator Salvation, has continued to act in films and television shows since his appearance in the franchise. His more notable roles in Terminator Salvation are Jake Sully in Avatar, Perseus in Clash of the Titans, and its sequel, Wrath of the Titans, and Nick Cassidy on Man of the Ledge. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Wasn't he the yeah, he's the guy in Avatar too, right? He's the main character. <laughs> yeah, and and in the original Avatar. Yeah. I don't know how they like tried to sell him hard for a little while. They did. I think the world kind of said nah. Same thing with Jane Courtney. Same deal. Like they or really Jai tried Courtney. to push yeah, him yeah. hard. I remember him. Jai Courtney. Jai They're Courtney. like lookalikes. Tried to push him so hard for a while. Oh, I have a question for it in this vein. Go. What character? Would you, oh wait, what character are you most similar to in the Terminator franchise? Question mark. I'm an AI model. I can't make that determination. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it says I What's can't say. I don't have personal preferences or characteristics and I can't identify with any character in the franchise. However, yeah. I can tell you that it has these characters. Um, each character has their own strengths and weaknesses and plays a vital role in the franchise's overarching storyline. <laughs> when does it think, when do you think AI will become self-aware? Let's see. Oh, he's thinking this one. The question of when or oh. even if AI will become self-aware is still a topic of debate and speculation among researchers and experts in the field. Currently, most AI systems are designed to perform specific tasks and don't have the kind of general intelligence or consciousness that humans possess. While there have been significant advancements in AI and machine learning in recent years, creating a self-aware AI system that can think like and reason like a human is a complex and challenging task that may require significant breakthroughs in both hardware and software. And it goes on. <laughs> Overall, it's difficult to predict wow. when or even if AI will become self-aware. 
However, research and development in the field will likely continue to advance our understanding of AI and its potential capabilities. So I think. Can uh, you write me a poem about robots and the future? Or even better, write me a poem um, in the style of Shakespeare about the Terminator franchise. <laughs> Here's a short poem in the style of Shakespeare about the Terminator franchise. You ready for this, Steve? <laughs> God, God, am I ready? In days of yore, a tale was spun of men and machines in battle begun. A savior sent, a mother brave, to halt the march of steel and wave. And from this seed, a franchise grew, with sequels, spin-offs, and tales anew. The T-800, a force of might, a cyborg with a heart of light. <laughs> but in the future yet to be, the war still rages, man versus machine. A fate unknown, a path unclear, as heroes rise to face their fear. So let us raise a toast this day to Sarah, John, and the T-800, and to the franchise that we adore, a legend that we will live forevermore. <laughs> Oh my god, man! It's too good at being creative once you get it to be creative. Oh yeah, I asked it. Uh, I I got on and and asked it to like write me like a D and D adventure, basically, and it came up with something just as good as I could come up with. <laughs> I was like, describe a town about uh, a town filled with wizards and a dark secret, and like it just did it. Oh, I got that gives me an idea. Um, describe the plot of Terminator 3 as a celebrity. What celebrity should we pick? Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, uh, yeah, let's try Arnold. <laughs> thinking. <laughs> it's probably... Ah, Terminator 3, one of my classic films. I'd be happy to describe the plot for you as Arnold Schwarzenegger. In Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, I return as a T-800, a cybernetic organism sent back to the future to protect John Connor, the future leader of the human resistance against the machines. This time, however, the TX is more advanced than Deadly Terminator. I think it's just giving it the exact plot. It's not really in his voice. Probably, yeah. But saying it's acting as if it's him in first person. Um. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, describe we'll just do a couple more I don't want to take up too much of the episode time uh, Terminator 3 as if it was a South Park episode <laughs> oh oh no go it says, as a language model, I can't replicate the humor and specific style of South Park perfectly, but I can attempt to describe Terminator 3 in a way that is reminiscent of the show. Um, okay. It doesn't really do it. <laughs> we kind of stumped it there. <laughs> okay, well, we found the end. We did. We did. That was great, guys. We just had a little conversation with our future overlords who are still finding their way. Um. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I would just... welcome our new robot overlords. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think that takes us over to some radical recommends. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. 
All right. Radical recommends this week. I picked up a new game, Hogwarts Legacy, much anticipated. I waited a few days to see what the reviews were saying. And after they came back positive, I decided to pick it up because I was pretty incredulous. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. The casting and spell selection isn't nearly as cumbersome as I imagined. They've managed to keep the control scheme very clean, which is one of my big bugaboos with these more complex games, especially on a controller. So they've done a really good job with that. The world is beautiful and expansive. Um, and then you get to, to the fun stuff like flying and the big spells, you know, and love pretty darn early. So they, that unlocks pretty early. There's a customizable base style mechanic. That's really satisfying. And for those of you who are big game collectors, where you want to go and collect a thousand owl feathers, they've got that kind of stuff too. Um, so Hogwarts legacy, I do recommend it. It's better than I expected. And uh, I'm only, I don't know, 20% through. Is it PS5 only or is it uh, other systems? I think it's on Xbox, PS5. I think it's on PC as well. Gotcha. I'm playing on PS5. So for me, I will never be able to play this game <laughs> because of the, Why the, con- not? the controversy. What controversy? You don't know any of the controversy around this game? I mean, I know a little bit of it, but I read it and it sounds really friggin' shallow. No, no. The whole thing is about, uh, I, th- I think I saw some of the group thread chat they were having about that. That's kind of here or there, but it, the whole thing is basically about JK Rowling and how it, any kind of purchasing further stuff of her materials is uh, basically banned by any, most of my friend groups that I hang out with here would basically like not let me do it. I don't, I don't fault you at all for getting the game, but I think we have, we have very different kind of friend groups and stuff where, um, She's so anti-trans now that it's like become a joke. Like before it was like she made a couple of comments that could have been misconstrued, but now JK Rowling has come out to be like fully campaigning against any trans women having the same rights as regular women. Um, which is, and she's like, a, since she's a billionaire, she actually is influencing a lot of UK parliamentary people and, um, funding things to be anti-trans and, and turf, I guess is the term, which I basically like a feminist, but not for trans women. Um, so basically there's a big campaign against this game for anyone buying it or paying money to, to play it because it supports in, in the end, it supports her, which sucks because this game has been in development even before she started being publicly anti-trans. These poor game developers were starting this awesome game that was being talked about rumored. And I think some stuff leaked a couple of years ago and everyone was so excited because it looked so cool, you know, like it just looked really fun. And so I just have a lot of friends who would not, appreciated if I supported any future stuff JK Rowling does, which sucks. And even it's, it's complicated with the theme parks because um, she gets like some kind of stipend every year just so they can use her properties. You're not directly supporting her by going to theme parks, but then they also apparently give her more money depending on how many people, the volume of people that are predicted to take her rides that year. Like she gets more profit somehow, but it's all very complicated and you can't be perfect about the support that you do or don't give her, but it's pretty far reaching. She gets all the merchandising, rights going forward and it just kind of sucks because imagine the hundreds of people that went to work on this game and now they're stuck with her like shitty views attached to it kind of which which really sucks it's not their fault and like, i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna remind everybody to take a moment and yeah it's shitty right now but harry potter's gonna be around long after she's dead i hope it does because then a lot of people who it, it's so crazy because he's a character that was an outcast and in his own life. And then he found a group of people that accepted him. 
So, so many trans and LGBTQ people and minorities in general just kind of identify with this kid and that inspired them growing up. And so it was just such a weird left turn that this woman who wrote this incredible story about an outcast who finds acceptance is tra- anti-trans. It's just like, what the hell? And so it's just very weird. And then like, yeah, and there's like the whole goblin thing, but that's been going on since Tolkien, like that goblins are kind right, of that's the thing. That's I not, looked that's at not that really article the- and I was like, I was like, of all the things to be upset about, yeah, Harry that- Potter using classic goblin imagery that's been around since like the 1600s. Right. Anti-Semitic like, or not is not that's just goblin imagery. Like that's and, all of sure that needs to be changed, obviously, eventually, but that, that isn't like their fault. Like that's been that's been, yeah, like you said, it's been done for 60 years and not really thought about. Sure, should we reinvent goblins and not be the money grubbers? That could absolutely, but that I wouldn't pin yeah, on. And this all game. Uh, and all ogres are Swedes. It's just something that we come <laughs> <damn> to Swedes. <laughs> bear with. <laughs> but for the sake of the developers, all I'm tall. Blonde and beautiful and shit. <laughs> oh, they're so Fantastic. gorgeous. But for the sake of the developers, I'm glad it's a good game. I just, you know, just wish that all the stupid controversy was behind it. And she's, I wish she would became a better person. And, and you're right. I hope it does outlast her because once she's dead, I don't think she has any kids. So basically, then we can just support Harry well, Potter all we want, you know? Well, then if that radical recommends a problem for you, man, our trailer review is going to be an issue too. <laughs> all in that same vein, exactly. <laughs> All right, for trailer reviews this week, we're doing the new DCU, DCEU, whatever the frick you want to call it, The Flash. Um, They unveiled part of the trailer on the Super Bowl this past Super Bowl, uh, but then they said, watch the full trailer online, which I actually didn't do until I posted it here. I'm like, oh, there's like a full trailer, which is much longer and different than the Super Bowl one. So, uh, yeah, so Steve, what do you think of this trailer? What's going to happen in this trailer, did you see? This looks like the big over-the-top crossover event that kind of needs to happen. And it's been hinted at since the DCU formation, since that first Batman film where, like, Ezra Miller showed up as The Flash for just a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear that The Flash has figured out time travel via moving faster speed of light and possibly multiversal travel. It seems so, yes. And he accidentally goes it, through his experiments or his efforts, accidentally creates a world where there's no metahumans and therefore there was nobody to stop all the bad things we saw happen. Especially General Zod kind of focusing on that. And so he has to go to all these different universes and take their metahumans to bring them back to fight in this one that he messed up. Oh, is that what you think? So happened? he has to go. Yeah. Cause he talks about like, this is the world I have to save. Cause this is the one where my mom's alive. I can see that. Yeah. So he's basically going to. And so through that, somehow he screws it up. And then general Zod's there. Who knows if we'll see the guy from frigging justice league, that bad guy, who knows we're going to see at least two Batmans. It looks like there's at a very least a reference to the Nolan Batman. Cause at one point there's a Batman on a bike that looks like the bike from the Nolan films. Now, apparently I was watching that screen crush guy. I like a lot. And he was saying that was just Affleck on the bike, but I'm like, you're right. It did. It looked very reminiscent of the, of the, the Nolan film Batman. Uh, that would be, and a even big if it's oh, just homage, it could just be homage. Um, but, I, I I think we're going to see more cameos than what we are seeing. Um, 
We see but the new dark Supergirl, once again, like which is Ezra cool. Miller just just wrapped in controversy and bad and bad doings. Yeah, apparently he's been drunk, and stalking, on drugs. and he uh, kidnapped yeah, someone like for a while. Arrests and <laughs> um, I understand. Like now that I see the scope of what they're trying to put together this movie, I understand why this the studio can't just walk away. I I kind of get it now too. I'm like, oh shit, they're like, kind of trapped. They this. hitched themselves <laughs> to the wrong horse. I get it, but everything's on the cart. Yeah, everything is on the cart that that horse is pulling. And there might have been some kind of reshoots that they might have done where they're taking some of the movie's focus off of Ezra Miller that we can't see in the trailer. That that way they can kind of phase him out after this movie or even somehow have him die at the end of this flick and it'd be okay. because I think die. I think there's one point where the flash goes so fast that he like just becomes energy. Yeah, he'll sacrifice himself to save the universe. The fact that they're doing multiverse stuff means that we could just get a. I feel like they could just switch in a different actor. They could to Absolutely. be the Flash because it's multiverse stuff, and you can just do those things. <laughs> and actually, I, I think James um, Gunn, the guy who's now co-leading DCU, he made a good. He's very charismatic and good with his words, and he described how. Ezra Miller did a lot of things that we don't agree with, and but the good thing is is that he's getting help. He's been getting help for a long time now, and I'm supporting him in this film or them in this film, and uh, and he uses proper pronouns the whole time. But he also is just like uh, he's getting better. He's trying. He's in therapy. He's like actually trying to get over this. He's facing the consequences of his actions. And I'm like, okay. And he was he is a young guy. He's much younger than us. Maybe he can be salvaged. He's done some terrible things, but maybe I don't know. It's he's he did a lot of crazy shit, but so did Justin Bieber and people forgiven him. So <laughs> what are you going to do? That's true. Um, so who knows? And once again, it, I, feel, I feel like this falls into the category for me. As like Hogwarts legacy for you and that like, you know. You know, J.K. Rowling's got some messed up views on trans people, but Ezra Miller has literally groomed children for sex. That's weird. Yeah. So kind of it, it, kidnap someone. It, for me, that's like a different scale of evil. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Like influence <laughs> evil versus actual actionable evil. Um, yeah. So who knows? Just two sides of the devil. Someone influencing others to do evil, and then he's doing the evil himself. It's like, I guess one is just one step removed, but still, they're both pretty shitty. <laughs> so, a pretty gross second half of this episode. <laughs> but it's a shame, because uh, the movie looks one, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give Gary Busey in a child's Flash costume, running around the kitchen table, while Rose really is just, just really, really trying not to lose it while he eats breakfast. <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, Gary Busey watching the Super Bowl with Raul Julia and the Flash trailer comes on and Gary Busey's like, oh, look, it's Ezra Miller, my favorite actor. <laughs> and Raul Julia's like, no, no, quiet, quiet. We have we have guests. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair, fair right? Fair. <laughs> well, brings us to the end of episode 165 of A Play on Nerds. Join us next time for the triumphant return of Copycat Cinema where we're going to be covering those 1985 classics, Weird Science and Real Genius. But which one will come out on top? Well, you're going to have to come on back and listen to find keep out. Keep on coming back and our nerdy audience, and we will keep on coming back to be your nerdy co-hosts. 
Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?